We are here on the show floor at ASU GSV at the Mersion booth with a very special guest to introduce our next segment. Hello there. My name is Michael. I'm a host of Avatar with Mersion. We are excited to be here at ASU GSV. Up next is our CEO, Mark Atkinson. Okay, welcome back to the Marketplace floor here at ASU GSV uh, Summit in San Diego, California. I'm Kevin Hogan, I'm glad you're with us. With me today, Mark Atkinson, CEO of Mersion Software. Uh, yep, uh, and seen the product before, seen the technology before. My last uh, few days here at the summit, two big themes that have um, emerged, um, virtual reality, augmented reality, as well as a renewed um, emphasis on empathy and other aspects of technology, especially now because of the pandemic in, in the use of not only students, but faculty as well as professional learners. Your product kind of falls into both of those topics. Maybe if we start off, you could talk a little bit about uh, the evolution of, of your technology. Sure. Um, well, so first of all, let me thank you for having me and, um, and agree. And I, I'd like to answer your questions actually in the reverse order because I do think the pandemic um, has heightened uh, some other social change that has been in the works for a while that pushes this whole theme of empathy to the forefront of not just um, the discourse in companies around the development of talent, but quite frankly in our society as a whole. I, um, I like to say that we've just gone through an uncanny period uh, that is a bit of a perfect storm where the Occupy Wall Street movement around equity in our society has met the Me Too movement around gender bias in our society, has met the Black Lives Matter movement around racial equity in our society. And, and we've gone through the processing of that through this intense period of isolation, which has made some people more paranoid and more introverted. And more importantly, it has in some ways sort of, um, what's the word I'm looking, stultified our ability to have difficult conversations. Yes. As a society, we're not great at it anyway. Right. And in the workplace, it's always been a challenge, whether I have to think about, you know, who do I get to hire? Who do I promote? How do I give feedback? What does it mean to, pr to have a, a place that attracts the right kind of culture and talent? That problem has come to the fore such that the kinds of skills that were, I think it's pejorative to call them soft skills, those skills are actually the skills that make us human, that make us grow, that motivate us, that excite us, that make stretch us around our goals. Those skills are becoming critically important for many, many of the biggest companies and smallest companies in society today. And as it turns out, it's really hard to give people an opportunity to practice those kinds of skills. To the extent to which we've had a modality of practicing them, that modality was role play. Yeah. You and I would pretend to be a customer um, and a salesperson. I'd put up in front of all our colleagues, I'd put up a certain amount of customer objection. You would do your shtick. 
I wouldn't push you that hard because our people are watching us. We're right. not gonna, I'm not right. gonna embarrass you. You're my colleague. Right. You go off, do it. You look good, I look good. Neither one of us, well, it's a little fun, but we don't learn anything. In real life, the decisions that we make about the way we treat our coworkers, create our culture, determine whether the best people stay or leave, they can produce legal liabilities if we do it wrong. They're high stakes. And the only way I, as a leader, can know that, you, if I'm the CEO leadership, know that my line managers know what they're doing is to put them through the kind of stress that they're going to experience in real life. Enter simulation. Yeah. And, and, and what we do first and foremost at Mersion is we simulate the real world experience of having those difficult conversations. And in that sense, we are yet another term that I think is running around this conference, which I would call experiential reality. Mm -hmm. So it matters less to us whether you do it in a headset, although it is unquestionably the most powerful in a headset, or you do it on a laptop because a laptop happens to be convenient and in COVID a little safer right now. Sure. But fundamentally, we want to create an experience that you can do in the safety of your own office or your own home but when we let you into that simulation, we want to push your buttons the same way that tough colleague or tough customer is going to push your buttons so that you activate the training you have about what do I do in this moment? You get a chance to practice it. You make mistakes. You get to do it again and get the kinks out so that when it really counts on the job, you don't make a mistake. You feel better. Your colleagues feel better. Your leadership feels better and it works. And that perfect storm of the change in the society that I was talking about with the maturity of simulation technology has made it possible for us to have uh, a great opportunity right now. And we are definitely having a great opportunity with this. Now, you talk about emotional intelligence, but you're also talking about artificial intelligence, yes. right? When it comes to the technology. Yes. <clears throat> Sometimes that phrase is, is loaded. Yes. Especially in the education field. Uh, yes. It was seen as a replacement of teachers. Yes. Um, the more I see it, it's more it's an augmentation uh, for what for what people do, and yes. also when you're talking about professional skills, working and things like that. Talk about the the boogeyman of artificial intelligence and what it really like, what you see it really being as an applicant. So, I mean, even before I get to the boogeyman, let me say something about the sort of um, man bites dog approach that we're taking to artificial intelligence. So, there's. I mean, we've all seen what AI can do around natural language processing. Um, Siri and Alexa are amazing tools. Um, But you would never, if you think about the arguments you have with your teenagers at home, Siri and Alexa can't replicate the irrational, emotionally charged, you know, very personal conversations that frustrate us as parents when we're trying to do the right thing by our children. If you think, if there's anybody we care about in the world, we care about our children. And we still put our foot in our mouth with our teenagers all the time. And there's no way, given all we know about AI, that you could do that. So we've decided that's not what AI is ready for today. Um, We let real humans to do that part of our and but what AI is really good at doing is turning me into a 15 year old uh, uh, young man that you would want to have that conversation with to model the teenage discourse 
there's great tech that can make me sound like that. So I can bring my experience, in our case with our people, a lot of professional improv folks who are all over the world, largely underemployed, super excited about the mission of promoting empathy. That's what they do. Yeah. Love doing the work. They're extremely talented, underappreciated by our society. And we have, a, we have just lots and lots of them. They speak multiple languages, they bring other expertise, and they do that part that brings the energy and intensity in the spoken dialogue. What AI does in our system is it turns me not only into a, a single character that is different from my physical manifestation, but I can actually play five characters at one time in our system. My, vo my vocal profile will change, my appearance will change, and, and my job as the human behind the scenes, we call them simulations, specialists. My job is to accurately reflect the behaviors that push your buttons. So I'm reading you in real time and I am, I am trying to give you a chance to learn how to give me feedback in the situation that we're in, um, but to challenge you enough so that you have to dig deep and I can see whether or not you're going to fail and you can see whether or not you're going to fail. And if you're going to nail it, as a lot of our people do, that's great. And if you don't, not only are we going to give you a chance to repeat it, but we're going to give you some data about yourself that you didn't even notice, even when you watch a recording of the simulation. So for example, if there's five characters in the room and you talk to the older white guy and you ignore the three women in the room, we're going to tell you about that. And, and we're going to tell you the actual talk time with each character. And to the degree to which your tone of voice was a little demeaning or sarcastic, there's going to be a, a point where you're going to see that and, and just to see how it came up. And when you were turning me off in the way you were interacting with me, you're going to get cues that that's where that happened and that's why. And the goal is to give you a chance. We're not judging you. We want, we want to give you a chance to practice. And, and we want you to practice more than once because like losing weight and all the other behavior change that we're after, getting fit, quitting smoking, all the things that we do as adults, we're, we, you got to stick at it in order to get good. Um, We've done a lot of uh, research on this, and we've shown that after three or four simulations, we can get you to change the way you interact with somebody around a specific behavior. So well, on the day that the governor of New York resigned, I think some of these tools would have been very valuable yeah, to him. But those, what you're talking about, from people of a certain generation, things that are seen, uh, there's a lack of an awareness, yes. right? Yes. And then unless it's brought up to you, you're not be, become aware of it. And yes. as you're saying, to do that face-to-face -face would be pretty awkward. Yes. But if you put somebody in front of a screen yes. and help with that, with that awareness, that's, yes. that's truly fascinating. So that is it. So that's, a, it's, that's an augmentation, yes. right? It's that's just not a replacement. Yes, that's right. And I'll say one other thing that to your point about the urgency of this, I, I do think that my characterization of that sort of perfect storm of the changes around equity, um, gender, and racial bias, um, those are not, storm is the wrong metaphor because it, it implies that they'll go away. And I do think we are seeing a generational change for the better around what the workplace has to be as an equitable place. And young, if you want to recruit and retain the best young people, you better start doing some of this kind of stuff because young people are just not willing to put up with it anymore. And so us old folks got to get our act together. <laughs> so. 
Well, that's terrific. I mean, you, your work obviously uh, was in place before the pandemic. Um, like many other things, has it accelerated? Has it disrupted it? Has it changed the mission of the company? Talk about how you've had to adjust because of it, it. it's changed. I mean, I used to say, I, I, as I mentioned to you earlier, I, my earlier career was in television. And if you go back to the history of television, you look at the programming at the dawn of TV, we all know, guess what they did on TV? They did radio because that's what they knew how to do. And if you look at what's happening in learning, in virtual learning, like, so we're a new tool for virtual learning, but we would have our, some of our clients fly people to to remote facilities, set up tables with computers so that they could log in. And, and I would be like, why do that? Oh, well, people like to get together. And I was, for what? Well, we have food. And I was like, I think they'd much rather do it at home. It's, that's the whole point of the technology. So guess what? Like a lot of other online solutions, the pandemic just accelerated the migration of a lot of learning into the, uh, onto the internet. And it's great for us. And I think it's great for them. And I think that's a just a, a big change that we're seeing across the spectrum of all training. Yeah. Well, even though uh, it's uh, troubling and complicated times, it's also, um, there are a lot of positives that are yes. coming out of it and the tools and, and your insights are part of those. So thank you for that. And uh, good luck going forward in improving your technology. Thank you, Kevin. It's a pleasure to be with you today. Thank you.